Welcome to our special weekly episode, SME SOS. Each week I'll be sharing this additional podcast taken from my weekly live interviews on Instagram with industry leaders and founders, all of whom share their insights and advice for businesses navigating this unprecedented time of uncertainty but also opportunity. My usual podcast, Conversations of Inspiration, is still coming out every Monday where I share founder stories or those who simply inspire me. I'd like to thank NatWest, Dell, Three and Royal Mail for joining us in supporting the small business community and helping to bring this free podcast to life. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown This week marked a huge moment in this Covid period as the retail sector opened its doors to the public again. It's been a nerve-wracking week, unsure what the public feeling was combined with unclear rules and regulations and business owners found themselves navigating their own way. However, what was very apparent when speaking to my two guests this week, first First, Mark Constantine, founder of Lush, and then Roger Wade, founder of Box Park, was that underneath the difficult path, the uncertainty and all the nerves, there was most certainly an air of optimism and a belief that small businesses will thrive and the future is set to celebrate those who dare to follow their dreams. They reiterated that this moment in time has really forced every consumer to consider how they shop, where they shop, and the kind of interaction and personal connection that they want when people do spend their money. This, of course, bodes well for us as small businesses who can offer this in bucket loads. We have so many superpowers, but this is most definitely one of them. And who better to hear it from than two founders known for their brilliant brand engagement? My first guest this week is Mark Constantine, OBE, founder of Lush. I am a huge fan of this brand. Gorgeous smells and fun products aside, every time I walk into a Lush store, I have the the most wonderful experience. Every single one of his team are passionate about their products and the brand. As a brand, they have incredible values, innovative thinking, and are not afraid to stand up for what they believe in. And I think this is a masterclass in worldwide branding. This interview taken from my Instagram live with him last week was actually nearly an hour long. And honestly, just the most phenomenal interview where he shared so much with us that I really think you'll find useful. So do head over to my IGTV to watch it in full. Hello. (laughs) I'm here. It's lovely to be here. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. And I know you're, you know, you're a firm favourite of this community. I know you have a lot of empathy to small businesses. And so... I really, I'm I mean, really I, looking. I, yeah, I, especially at the moment, obviously, I um, I had a sad thing really. Right at the very beginning of coronavirus, um, the partner that I always had, she retired two or three years ago, and we worked together every month of her life apart from one, died of cancer. Mm. So I had the coronavirus, and I, and then her death right in within three days, within four days. But it made me reflect because obviously then I was at home about our dreams because when we first started we were um we were 
were just like everyone that's watching this. We had, we would go and do craft fairs. We had Constantine Weir's Country Cosmetics, good for your skin and good for your hair. Um, and when I really thought back to all those days, right at the very, very beginning, I mean, she set such high standards. Her name was Liz Bennett. I mean, just lovely. Uh, she set such high standards in, in all regards. And, and, you know, obviously they, they then became the standards of Lush. But when I thought back on it, I thought all of the things I remembered most about the two of us together were dreams. So everything about it was dreams. And that's why I feel so strongly and so sadly about, you know, the restaurateur whose dream, I mean, he's worked every bloody day for six years or seven years. And now suddenly he's facing, you know, without any fault of his own, facing ruin. So, well, not ruin, but certainly a very difficult yeah. period of time. Tell me, how have you found this period of time personally, Mark? Well, I think everyone's finding it the same, aren't they? You know, there's obviously the sheer grind of it. We're 90 days in now. But one of the nicest things uh, that I've been able to do, which I couldn't normally do when I'm at work, is every day at 4pm I have a bath. Oh! Yes. And I, I haven't heard this one before. This. I can recommend this for all sorts of reasons, right? I've been reading lots of interesting books, and there's a marvellous book called Rest. Uh, I, I, please look it up. I, I don't know the, the author. But basically, she had a big section in there on taking a bath and how um, the bath was good for rest because you were doing something, but actually you were doing nothing. Um, yes. But she also indicated how it drops your blood pressure, cut down on heart attacks, cut down on strokes, and helped you sleep um, even though you were doing it at four o'clock in the afternoon. So, well, I don't sleep terribly well, especially in these circumstances. Uh, and last night, I actually got my first after 90 days of doing it, complete night's sleep that I've had for years. I mean, I can't think when I last had a complete night's sleep. But in addition, uh, I'd also read another book that said the biggest mistakes we make are between four and five. So oh. I can't be making any mistakes because I'm in the bath. Yeah, you're and isolated in the bath. You've been yeah, caught finally, in the bath. And finally in the bath. And finally, uh, I'm very prone to snacking between four and five. You know, I can quite easily eat as much as I'm going to eat for my dinner between four and five, but I can't eat it in the bath. So I've lost four kilos. So all in all, just the job while you're indoors. Yeah. God, well, okay. I'm a bath convert. I didn't know those benefits, but I, I needed to find a moment for myself and I just couldn't. I wasn't very good at yoga. I wasn't very good at any of this stuff. And I just thought, you know what? Just get some nice oils and get yourself in the bath. And I've had a bath every single night since for since January. And it's it's actually quite a transformative moment. Yeah. If you're not very good at self care, to yeah. actually stop, you know. And if you mark like I, a hundred miles an hour sometimes, yeah. you know, it is actually one of those things that makes you you can't work. And you can't do anything. You've got to, you know, my job is to try and stay in it more than 10 minutes, though. That's the only yeah. thing. So tell me, Mark, um, 900 stores worldwide, 49 countries. Mm. I honestly can't even get my head around the headache that must have occurred. Tell me um, how the business has been coping in this time. Well, um, at present, we have uh, 446 of those shops are closed. Um, obviously, at one point, I mean, there was literally only 10% of the shops were open, Sweden and places like that. 
what materialized was that the government was there to help us and that we we may make our way through and that uh yes because i've never run anything with no sales before so i mean you know you get the sales in you pay the wages i mean we knew we had enough to pay a couple of months wages but any good business does not run with a lot of spare cash no and tell, tell me about that sort of decision to open back up because i mean is it as daunting as shutting it down i mean we at holly and co my little tiny shop we've you know yeah. done some sort of takeaway version and then we'll fully open up but with the meat you know with this distancing and things like that have you has it been something that you've had to persuade people to come back to work or do you feel that there's a uh, energy now that people want to get back to whatever that new normal is well obviously it varies from person to yes. person i think all of us every single one of us wants a better new normal when you've had time to think about it you think i don't want to go back to that as it's turning out um race is the big issue and we're going to go back to a much more well we certainly everyone wants to have a much more balanced situation um but yeah. if we're willing to do this to save lives you know if we're willing to go through this i think society as a whole is willing to go through quite a lot more change in order to deal with those big things but determining what that new normal is for us for each individual and for the companies i mean we have a managers meeting going on at present uh, where they are debating at length all of these issues to decide how we wish to go back how we want to change how we want to take advantage of this to become a better something gosh yes what could we go through again that we could never yeah. have deemed imaginable before in order for climate change in order for these things and that's such a amazing empowering point actually yeah that's something it's multi-layered okay so we're quite a reasonable size corporation so we've got a lot of things wrong in our in our organization so we have to get a grip on that and get that sorted out but each of us in turn that you know although there's there's a big thing to do there for the company there's also a lot of things for me i love to be involved in the product so doing this what i've been doing is going through every product getting them brought home going through everything in a fine tooth comb would i buy that again is that a great experience you know there's lots of opportunity isn't there first of all to read about things study things but get your product right i mean i would just say to everybody as well uh, whatever business they're involved in first of all the that the, the exciting thing is that um people have paid a lot of their credit cards down during this period of time so i do think we're going to have a little bit of a a boost so this post lockdown period will be quite exciting i think um and it's january and beyond that one has to worry yeah. about so yes uh, and then i think from christmas onwards that's what you have to plan for now you have to plan yeah. to be robust through that period of time um but the exciting thing of course is if people are not able to go on Ryanair lovely though it is they do have more money to spend with all of us yeah. um and if they're not able to pay for their daughter's wedding this year oh dear dear but they will have a little bit more money to spend with us so all yes. of us as a community um yes. so do remember that when you're worrying yeah yeah I agree. Oh, thank you, Mark. That's such a good piece of advice. I've got a couple of questions. Uh, yeah. Mina Lima Designs, do you think we need to rethink the retail experience? 
Well, what's interesting is that with the collapse in rents, because there's a huge collapse in rents going on everywhere, I think there will be a lot more space available for people to start retail businesses. And I also think that we'll see a lot more people, far more people using the internet as well. I mean, if, if you are still frightened of the virus, let's say we've all become very habituated to staying indoors. So I do think that the internet will still be very strong and very vigorous, up, not down at all. But then, of course, if the rents drop, and of course there's a rates holiday for the whole of the rest of, of time, I don't think they'll ever bring, bring rates back. Do that you not? Then, I was going to ask you that. No, you... they won't. I can't see how they can, because everything has collapsed. You know, bear in mind that everyone was feeding off retail. You know, the landlords, the pensions, the insurance companies, the government, you know, with 20% VAT and rates and, mm. you know, everything else. And, and they've had to accept... You know, bring, the VAT is probably going to come down in the next six months, not permanently, but for a period of time. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see all that effort to reinvigorate. And of course, each of us, big or small, have to be ready and flexible enough to take advantage of that. You know what, Mark? It's fantastic to hear. And so many people are saying exactly the same thing. Oh, this good. is refreshing to hear this because actually if rents are coming down and we think the business rates will continue to cease for the foreseeable well, we've got a year anyway so well we've got a year but you know what i mean but if, but if you're looking at the long term and what that is you know a lot of what we've been saying um on this community is that the actual business model of actually just selling things within your shop really does need to change and yeah. i've been encouraging people to come together with different small businesses take a space together deal with your online orders out the back and have a brand experience out the front and we've got to feel that actually the worth of meeting people face to face is you can't put it in a marketing line. You can't actually underestimate what that is. Would you agree with that, Today, Mark? I got a parcel from Daunt Books, but they, they honoured it online, and, they, and I had correspondence back and forth, and today it all arrived. Wrapped in a brown paper parcel, each individual bundle of books wrapped internally as well with a Daunt's book sticker on it. It's just lovely. I mean, that then reminds me of the classic Etsy parcel, you know, that has the little handwritten note. All of that stuff, that is absolutely the flavour of the month. That's so important. And whatever you do, try to keep that personal service, you know, however you grow, whatever you're doing. And obviously, yeah. most people want to cut out the large entities like Tesco's in their lives. And yeah. they want that, that personal connection. And so that's where all of, all, of your, um, all of your community can score over and over and over again, as long as they just... You know, they just persevere and they keep providing. A couple of final um, points. Dottie Red um, Studio, so interesting. So many things I had not thought about. What a guy. And that's a, a perfect place <laughs> to really end because you've given so much thought. Just tell me any message out there to the small business community. I mean, you've given so much thought there, Mark, that's really... Um thought you know thought provoking stuff but anything else that you want to say to the I want small to send business them my community? love i want to send them my love and say wherever you can you know don't just persevere but prevail yeah. <laughs> prevail yeah determination absolutely i think so is you know and so i think that i think that perseverance is a much better quality than any other in business um just don't let other people ruin your dreams this is the point
if you have a dream i know this sounds corny but i just think at the moment it's so important if you have a dream see that dream through do not allow it to be crushed be very very careful who you listen to mark thank you so much bye-bye thank you very much take bye-bye. care bye-bye bye-bye, bye-bye. Oh gosh, what a man. Can you imagine? He turns over close to a billion pounds a year at Lush, yet still gives us an hour of his time to share all his wisdom and insight. But it is that combination of his obsession over their product, as he said, using this time to use and review every single Lush product, combined with that entrepreneurial spirit of believing in the power of your dreams that just sets him and this brand apart from so many. This week, there was only one podcast that I could really pick when it came back to independence reopening. The words of Bill Collinson, founder of Bill's Restaurants. Hearing him talk about the theatre of retail is something that has really stuck with me and will do for many years to come as a guiding principle for my own high street space. So I'm so happy to be able to share this with you and I hope it has the same lasting impact on you too. Is this a philosophy you believe in, that to be successful, you must have an element of putting on a show? We call it on stage, off stage. So for the team I work in each restaurant, they're on stage. They have to, they're actors, they're part of theatre. You know, the, the guests are your audience and actually the guests take part. And we try to tell them that when things go wrong, which they will, that's your time to ad lib. That's when the, your audience love you the most. Is when you when it. you when someone sing forgets their lines and you sing a different line. That's when you get the biggest applause. This is your stage. There's so many different things that you have to do to put on a show, and I think retail. It's been easy for people to be mediocre. Times got harder now, and it's you. You need to try harder. You need to work harder. You need to do all the things that make you different from everyone else and set you apart. Each week, NatWest give away their ad break space on conversations of inspiration. And now, when small businesses need our support more than ever, they have extended this opportunity across this podcast special. And if that wasn't enough, if you want to win a one-to-one 90-minute mentoring session with me, well, thanks to NatWest, now you can. All you need to do is sign up to the NatWest Business Builder using our code to be in with a chance. The Business Builder is an entire free e-learning site packed full of information and advice covering everything from well-being to finance. Head to natwestbusinesshub.com forward slash Holly Tucker to find out more details. Now over to this week's brilliant independent ad break winner. Hello, my name is Laura, a printed textiles designer living in the South and the founder of Laura Byrne Interiors. My business means the world to me and provides me with so much confidence, passion for life and a purpose. I design iconic hand-drawn prints to create decorative homeware traditionally made and printed in the UK using Azo-free inks. Each print is inspired by British heritage to evoke nostalgia and a personal response to the fabric. Each item is beautifully handcrafted using the 
finest materials going against industrial manufacture and supporting British craft. The collection stems from my travels to India, where I discovered the symbolic meaning behind fabric. I love how each print tells hidden stories about Indian culture through motifs and decorative patterns. Through this, my designs represent Britain with all its stories to be told, as well as animals and nature. You can find my collection on my website at laurabinteriors.co.uk. The second guest I welcomed was Roger Wade, the founder of Box Park. If you haven't visited a Box Park before, you must if you get a chance. Based in cities, they are huge hubs created out of shipping containers, showcasing incredible independent businesses, everything from food to boutiques. It really is quite something. And I first met Roger last year and I was blown away by his energy and passion, not only for his own business, but for the change and the change championing initiatives for the good of the wider industry. Certainly, this interview was no different, and his belief in you, the small business community, and your bright future, well, it had me in tears. How are you? Very good. My first ever Instagram Live. I love it. You know what? It's, I can't tell you how many founders, this has been their first Instagram Live. Thank you, bless you for your time today. I would love to get into your business and how difficult this time must have been for you. But just you personally, how, how have you navigated this time? Yeah, from a personal perspective, I've sort of enjoyed it. I've sort of enjoyed the simple things like cooking at home and, you know, uh, just spending time with the family, just being out in the garden. And um, yeah, I do think it's a period of reflection. I think it's a period of of really thinking to yourself, of appreciating what you've got. I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we're really guilty because we're just trying to get from A to B as quick as possible. And I don't think sometimes we really appreciate the dance moves of life and just taking our time a little bit and just really saying, look, I'm enjoying this moment. I don't need to necessarily get more. What I've got is good. I don't need to be constantly rushing. Why am I constantly rushing? What, what is this sort of more, more, more sort of mentality? And sort of appreciating, as I said, what I've got has been has been great. Gosh, it's such a great point. I would love to come back to that because I think there is that that there is that thing, isn't there, that you're you're constantly trying to be in survival mode, in which case more is better and faster is better. And you know, and actually, you know, there is a there's a real lesson for all of us to be learnt here. Tell me though, so you're in one of the most you know, the worst hit industries there has been um during this um pandemic hospitality but also combined isn't it by physical retail um and you said on social media that you put the business into hibernation how did you actually go through the motions of doing that good question we we we, we straight away looked at our cash reserves and we were in a a fortunate position to realize that actually we could go up to 12 months or any cash in the business and in our business this you know there's only really three fundamentals uh, of cost that we need to focus on and they were rent uh, in our situation our landlords have been really helpful and and in, in, in most cases given us some some rent breaks there's rates and what the government has done in terms of business rates has been absolutely fantastic and then there's, there's the staffing and obviously the, 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 the furlough scheme has been incredible. But now we're starting to think about coming back out of hibernation. 
We're coming back slowly, sort of two weeks before our planned opening, hopefully with the government's announcement that hospitality can come back from July the 4th. We'll be open for July the 4th and we'll start to bring our teams back two weeks before for the preparation and just generally optimistic about the future. I got some questions and some comments. At Moon um, Kedesi, if I'm pronouncing that right, Roger's one of the best minds on rent. Can't wait to listen to this. Uh, I mean, I mean, firstly, you know, the rent thing is what I really want to speak about. It's absolutely huge, okay? And, and I, really, I really appreciate the help that the government have given in terms of the salary furlough scheme and what they've done in terms of rate. But we now need to step in and look at rent, because if not, you're, only have, you're gonna have all these businesses go into administration. And all the good help that's been done in terms of rates and, and, yeah. and in terms of salaries has been a waste of time. Because at the end of June, you're gonna, the rent enforcement moratorium could end. That means you're gonna have a whole quarter's rent deferred and that means that everyone's going to have a liability of a quarter's rent with no income during that period. And never mind the fact, going forward, we've got social distancing to deal with, or should we say safe distancing, for a better word. And we're not going to have the income stream. So at the moment, what we're proposing is that everyone sits down together and there is a national timeout. And that national timeout might be a nine-month period starting with Q2 last year, from the 1st of April, okay? And it might be that landlords say, look, we understand this is not a time to make money, and we're willing to reduce our rent for a period of nine months by 50%. The government say, look, we realise that operators can't pay 50% of rent when they've not been trading. We will step in and pay 25% and operators pay 25%. And potentially what would happen is that could be a tapered payment. Now that will give us all breathing space and time to rebuild our businesses. If businesses start going to administration, then any bounce back loans that are being created, any um, furlough schemes that are being created, they're going to be a waste of time. So that's something that we really want to avoid. So what we want to do is make sure that we have a bounce back to pay for all the help that's happened during this period and make sure businesses stay around. So we need to come to a sensible solution that gives everyone nine months to resolve the problem. And actually landlords, operators, tenants, and the government sit down together and realise this is a collective problem and we need to resolve it. So, Roger, a question for you is, have you gone and put yourself forward as someone that's trying to mediate this? To, to, to be honest, Holly, no. Because I'll be frank with you, you know, I'm sick to the death of our politicians, really. But what I am doing is I'm working really closely with UK hospitality. And my understanding is the approach that I've suggested is, has, been adopted, uh, has been adopted by UK hospitality, has been adopted by Revo, which is the former British sh- um, uh, confederations of shopping centres, but adopted by both landlords, major institutional landlords and major uh, operators and we're all saying we need to come together and figure something out but Brilliant. we need to do it soon and if we don't do it soon how this affects the common person that might be listening to this is I, i'm in i'm in the lanes of brighton at the moment 
And you know what? Our shops, our hospitality industries, our bars, our hotels, they're the lifebloods of our society. And when you go out there during a period of COVID-19, mm. it's like a ghost town. Mm. And you realize how important these institutions are to our way of life. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to spread the word. Um, what about when we talk about, so we're opening up our shop and um, we've realized that absolutely everything from right now, everything that we sell, if you touch it as a customer, it needs to be quarantined for 72 hours after touching it. So again, I'm trying to navigate how safe it is. You know, what's your thoughts about this? Because this will affect you as well. You know, pubs, um, retailers, it, again, it just feels like we might need some more guidance on this. It, it's farcical. I mean, you know, I, I go into my local Tesco's, for instance, and I pick up things and and they've got lots of signage everywhere and you've done a nice job of it all, you know. But I walk in and the first thing that I want to do and the first thing that should be happening with customers is everyone should have to sanitise their hands at a point yeah. of entry. That what doesn't happen. But, but yet they're obsessive about everything else. Why don't we just insist on the following? That at a point of entry, every single customer that comes in sanitises their hands and when they exit, sanitizes their hands. That means that at the point in which they go in, and if they choose to wear a mask, they can choose to wear a mask. I think, you know, one of the things that I'm really concerned about, and I have been concerned about during this period, there is an argument out there, you know, it's almost as though people have to make their own individual choice about what the risks are. If you are young and there is a small chance of getting COVID-19, you can understand their frustrations, the fact that they can't go to school, X, Y, Z. But for those people that are really concerned about COVID-19, they should have a right choice to stay at home if they want to. We need a bit of sensibility. We need to have a much yeah. more holistic approach. Okay, well, the other thing I was going to mention here is someone has asked, a couple of people have emailed in, um, they want to know your thoughts on how you think COVID uh, will change our eating and food habits. What's your view on that, Roger? So I'm going to be really controversial and I'm going to say it's not going to change us a lot. OK, so, so firstly, let's just talk about the question about um, customers and a relationship with stores. OK, if you if you I've been a retailer for my whole entrepreneurial life. And one thing I've always been fanatical about, about is the customer experience. I've always believed in one simple line, that if you're not special to the customer, you won't exist. And somebody told that to me when I was a very young man, and it just stuck with me. It was just one simple thought that I just kept with me. And with retail, what I believe is that retail, we try to make it complex, but it's only three things. There's three core things that you need to get right. It doesn't matter whether it's online and it doesn't matter whether it's in store. And it is, content is everything. You know, make sure that you've got absolutely fantastic content. So in my case, it might be the quality of the food, it might be quality of drink, quality of the environment, quality of the events, okay? But make sure you've got fantastic content. Now, there is no better way of showing off content than a store you can hopefully touch and feel that product you know you you can never get a better experience and yeah. even the largest technology companies in the world know this you can trace the success 
of Apple products back from when it had a retail strategy. Steve Jobs knew this. You know, I often equate buying things online, like watching fireworks on TV. You just don't get the sensory experience of touching that product. Yes. So stores having, have an incredible ability of letting you interact with that product, smell that product, touch that product, you know, then the next thing is you can have the best content in the world. If you don't have traffic or you don't have footfall, you, you, you won't succeed, okay? Now, it's really expensive to get traffic online. Look at yeah. some of the PPC campaigns from Google. It wouldn't be un, you know, unheard of to be charged one pound for one click to your website. But you know what? Stores are a fantastic way to generate footfall because people are able to go into stores, they're able to photograph that product, they're able to have a conversation about that product in terms of social media. So from a traffic perspective or a footfall perspective, mm -hmm. stores are wonderful. And then finally, and it's the most important point, you've got great content, you've got that traffic, they're the two key things, but that doesn't matter a bit if you don't have conversion. If you don't convert, that customer that loves that content that's been in your store into somebody that buys. Well, guess what? Online, you might be lucky to get maybe a 1% conversion rate. Mm. Stores, it wouldn't be unheard of to convert at 10 times that level, 10% conversion rate. So why do I believe in physical retail? When everyone else is zigging, I'm zagging. I'm running into independent stores because people feel special because you can show your content in an incredible way because you can generate traffic. And most importantly, you can convert at 10 times the level of online. So do I believe in independence? Yes, I do. Massively. Do I believe in stores? Yes, I do. Do I believe they're going to change and evolve? Of course they're going to. But now you talk about the customer. Okay, and one of the great needs of a customer is they need to feel special, which I mentioned before, yes. but they also need to have a feeling of a community. We, we've all been talking a lot about, you know, the technology businesses that have really done well. And we've obviously been talking about the growth of Amazon and online, but no one's also talking about the little small businesses because I tell you one of the businesses that are coming back is your local butcher, your local fishmonger, yeah. your local your local greengrocer, because people have really appreciated home cooking. And they've really appreciated about the quality of the foods that have gone in there. And they've almost become a national pastime. It's almost a going back to basics, isn't it? And realizing about the quality approach. And it's all about quality, it's not about convenience, because what we have had during this period is time. For everyone listening out there, don't buy into the rubbish that's out there, that SMEs can't survive. I will make one prediction from COVID-19 that one thing I believe will happen, it will be a, a new world order when it comes to big businesses and small businesses. It's going to be the big businesses that are really going to struggle. But you know what? That's gonna create a vacuum for small enterprises to fill. If it, if there's any time to grow, it's going to be now of your small business. Because those small SMEs that are nimble, that can move quickly, can move into those spaces. And those big businesses that have got large overheads, big debts, they, they're going to come falling down. So mm. this is actually the time 
to, to, to grow as a small business. Take your bounce back loan and bounce back strong. Mm. Oh my God, you know what? You've made me completely emotional. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't I mean to. thought that something like that would have made me emotional. You know why? I think for now 10, 11 weeks, you know, it's I've been talking about this and to hear your passion and to hear even, you know, my thoughts and thinking, am I right? Am I? And to hear you say it too, it makes me so helpful for this community that I really adore. And so much pain has gone through these times. You know, they have not been able, you know, that the... the the fear, the fear of survival. And you and I know, Roger, what a dream is. And, you know, when you've wanted your dream to survive, you, you can liken it to having a child. You know, these people are putting everything in. And so to hear you say such positive things, it makes me emotional because I love this lot. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I would add to it, it's going to make our world more colourful. You know, it, it, along with that, we're going to have more creativity more connection, more um, quality of product, everything actually we were hoping for, but there was just such doom and gloom about the big corporations just swallowing up all small, wasn't there? And I really think that, that what you've said has just really hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it's a positive future. What a moment it was to hear Roger say all those incredible things about the future of small business. This really is the time to go for it, to dream big and run forward. The future will be bright for small businesses. As Mark said earlier and reiterated by Roger, now is the time to prevail. Every week I get the most glorious letters, packages of love and joy and messages and emails. And so I was keen to share some of the words with you. Last week, our Holly & Co inbox received a beautiful letter and it blew me away. So I wanted to share it with you here today. I absolutely love going into schools, sharing my own journey and inspiring the next generation. So it means so much when I hear the impact years later. Hello, Holly and I attended the same school, albeit not at the same time. Holly came back to do a speech at our annual President's Day one year. It was a very long time ago and I can't even remember what year I was in. I'm pretty sure it was in the early days of Not on the High Street as it wasn't a well-known site back then, not like now. I remember going home and Googling it and I think I must have been in year seven or eight. Anyway, Holly, even back then, was an incredibly inspiring woman. The reason for my email is I just wanted to let her know she inspired me to run my own business before I even knew that was a thing I wanted to do. I'm the founder of a successful cafe and mobile coffee unit. I'm female, age 24, and now employ 19 members of staff. I recently did a social media post about myself to my followers, a tiny snippet of my story, and the support was unreal. I was told earlier this week from a friend saying her year seven son read my Facebook post and was so inspired, he now wants to own his own business. I was so touched by this story, he was inspired from just a short Facebook post and photo. Hence the reason for my email, I've never told Holly, she gave me the faith in myself to follow my gut and go for it, to believe I could own my own business and be like her. 
I still remember from the speech she did at school, going away and thinking, wow, that woman is crazily great. I want to be like her. Now discovering what she does today with Holly & Co., I'm not surprised she inspires so many other small business owners. I still tell people Holly was my inspiration and I really have to thank her for everything I have now. And I'm sure she'll share that feeling I had when hearing of the year seven boy I inspired recently. Thank you for reading it if you've made it to the end. And thank you, Holly. Best wishes, Robin Nixon, founder of Robin's Nest Cafe. My goodness, I can't tell you what these words mean to me. So thank you so much, Robin, and congratulations on building a brilliant business and for, in turn, inspiring the next generation. We all must remember to inspire our children. If you'd like to find out more about her, head to robins-nest-cafe. You really are all the wind beneath my wings, and I hope what we're doing here at Holly & Co. is truly helping you. So as we find ourselves heading back into our local shops, navigating our businesses into the next era, having had so much time to reflect and consider what we really want our new future to look like, I would like to leave you today echoing the thoughts of Mark and Roger. This great pause has given us a moment to reflect, to consider the sort of kind of world we want to live in and the kind of lives we want to lead. I'll be shouting from the rooftops and I hope you'll join me in spreading the word to shop small and shop independent. The small businesses out there need us more than ever before as they get back on their feet, continuing to fulfill their dreams. So wherever you can, I urge you to support your local independents, to seek out small businesses online and share their stories across all our own socials. We have so much coming up again over the next week. Tomorrow we'll have the Small Business Tea Party. Then on Monday's episode of Conversations of Inspiration, we have the incredible Gandhi Brothers, who have the most powerful and inspirational story. And then on Thursday, with our SME SOS special podcast, we will have Gord Ray from Instagram and Julie Baker from NatWest. Finally, before you go, I just have one ask. Might you tell everyone you know about my podcast, Conversations of Inspiration? Because if you can, and maybe rate and review just one episode, it will so help us amplify this labour of love, helping all those founders out there who need to hear soulful stories of business journeys. I would so appreciate it. For now, though, thank you and wishing you the most wonderful rest of the week. I'd like to take this opportunity again to say thank you to NatWest Dell 3 and Royal Mail for helping us to bring this free podcast special to life. And finally, thank you to you. Because you're the wind beneath my wings and I want to wish you, your families and your business all the very best. Stay safe and I'm sending you all so much love. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown You will find that all the things that I have said Will come to when you are lying in your bed And if you want your friends to come